Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic, a podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the other life things. I went and picked up some prescriptions for you today, and they didn't have your testosterone ready, but... We knew that. We knew that. They will soon. It's always how it is. In order to pick up your prescriptions, I needed to know your birth date. Mm-hmm. And the woman behind the counter is explaining to me why they don't have your testosterone yet. And she says, and what's his birth date? And I said, oh, yeah, it's last week, only a certain number of decades ago. Yes. And she looks at me and says, no. And you said, yeah. And she looks at the date, the birth date on your prescription and says, oh, I guess I guess he is that age. Uh-huh. And she says, he doesn't look it. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, he's kind of got a baby face. And she says, yeah, I hear that happens. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) And then she says, and plus that mustache, that mustache is just so cool. Uh It's very hipster. He looks very young with that mustache. Uh That's funny. Yeah, I think it's just genetics from my mother's family. Well, there's also that trans guy baby face thing, which is what I thought she was referring to when she said, I hear that happens. It could be her comment could be that, but that's not my face now. This is my face after a lot of pie. (laughs) There is that. Yeah. The baby face does happen usually around the time that you look like you're... When, When your fat starts to redistribute. Yes. When you look like you're anywhere from 14 to 18. Even if you're some decades older than that. Yes. So that was wild. And you know what else was wild? What? Getting a piece of mail the other day from your university alumni association. Yeah. I was really surprised too. And I did feel angry when I saw the mail. I thought, what the hell? Right? That's not my name. What the hell? Yeah. And then it didn't occur to me until after I tore up the mail that I wanted to know how did they get that name with this address? And I had thought when I first saw that mail, I thought George is not going to be happy about that. You are correct. Getting a piece of mail with your dead name from like, how the hell do they even get this address some decades later? Well, and I had my diplomas changed. You did. You have diplomas with your correct name. Yes. Even though they were not originally issued to that name. Correct. So why the hell do they have... I changed my last name before I even went to college there. So how did that happen? How did they get your... Wait, so your diplomas were issued in your current last name with your prior first name? Originally, yes. So how did they get a last name that you had never even had while you were attending there? Good question. And see, that's why when I first saw that piece of mail, I thought to myself, George is not going to be happy with this. I should just shred it. And then I thought, no, I need to see what he wants done about this because this is wrong. Mm -hmm. Because like you, my first thought was tear it up. (laughs) Right. And then you thought, well, it's not your mail. So I thought, yeah, it's not my mail. And, you know, I, I feel comfortable tearing up like credit card applications or sale flyers for stores that you don't go to anymore because they sell things you don't need anymore. Right. Those kinds of things are, it doesn't bother me that it's in your name. I'm just going to tear it up or put it in the recycling or whatever. Yes. But something with your dead name, I was like, no, George needs to see this. Yeah, I was really surprised. 
and like I said, didn't think until after. How the hell did that happen? That's wrong. Yeah. I didn't open it. I just tore it up. Right. I was like, nope, not even, I don't even care. In the trash. Mm-hmm. So it looked like some kind of alumni thing, like when they're soliciting money because you've been out of college long enough that you should be able to give them money. <laughs> it said it was from an alumni association. Yes. But that's still really freaking weird. And now I'm kind of curious what was actually in there that... It's in our recycling, which it's so full that it's probably right on top. Yeah. And the other thing I'm thinking is I want to pull it out of there and shred it, not just throw it in the recycling. But, but Good luck, both of us, remembering that. Right? Yeah. When we're upstairs in the house. Well, our life is usually really weird, but lately it's been different kinds of weird. That is a different kind of weird. Yeah, there have been a lot of different things lately, like going to Chicago TARDIS. Yeah, that was very different. We, we've we never gotten to go, and we've kind of thought about going before, but when you're raising children with unique challenges, it's not always an option to just pick up and go. Taking the kid is not an option. Absolutely not. And having someone safe with whom the kid can be cared for, that kid runs through babysitters. He runs through caregivers. He, he uses people up. Well, him and his mother used up lots of everybody while they were trying to destroy our lives. So, uh, yeah, because grandma's worn out. Yes. You know, and grandma's grandma's got my aunt there and my aunt and him fight like the toddlers that they are. Yes. So that doesn't work. And of course, his mother's no longer a viable babysitter. And so it was good that we were able to get our teacher friend to take him for those five days. Although I think by the end of five days, she was almost done with it too. Yeah, she probably was close to it or as much as she gets done. Right. Yeah. But that was in Chicago, which is where you have a lot of old friends. I do. And I got to see a couple of them. And that was really cool because like a lot of these people haven't seen you in a while and some of them had, like one of them had seen you when you went to go and pick up your mother. Yes. The one we had dinner with. Yeah, well, we had dinner with both of them. One of them in our hotel. The, the one we went out to dinner with. Yes. Yeah. She had been there to help you. And so she had seen the early stages of your transition. Mm -hmm. And she found it curious that like she had never heard anything about this before. And then she seemed like she was trying not to be butthurt that a mutual friend of yours had had that conversation about transition with you many decades ago when you first put it on the shelf and set it aside. It wasn't the first time I put it on the shelf, but it was one of the times I had put it on the shelf. Right. Yeah, she seems surprised that I never said anything, mm -hmm. but she doesn't quite understand how far back in your mind that option can go. Yeah. I don't think she has anything to relate to that would help her understand that process. And we only had a few hours to sit and talk. Right. We didn't get to talk further about that. Right. Yeah. And then your other friend who came and had dinner with us two or three times and gave us a ride to the hotel from the airport, and mm -hmm. she and her family were really helpful. Mm -hmm. They were cool. Yeah. Was there they, they were glad to see us. I had not seen her uh, or her family in a long time. But you guys talk on the phone two or three times a month. We do. Over the years, we've talked on the phone. There's been longer periods of time when we have and haven't talked. Right. Like we were talking on the phone when you and I first got together. Mm-hmm. And she's had a lot of health problems. Yes. So sometimes she's not been able to use a phone. And she's been homeless sometimes. And mm -hmm. 
you know, trying to deal with her family being homeless. She also has children with special needs, so that was an extra challenge. Yes. Yeah. She does. So. A child who's like 18 now. Yeah. And still goes to school, so that's good. So that was nice to see them, and it was also... They were glad to see you. They were glad to meet me. It was good to be met. Well, and my friend that we went out to dinner with, she had helped me with my mom's husband's stuff at their place when we went and got my mom. But but you came on the last day and then we left right away. So she never met you. Right. And she works and she's worked at the same place for 31 years. Right. And still can't retire because... Because capitalism. Yep. Damn it. So that was nice. And it was also nice to do a convention, even if it was a tiny one. Yeah. I kept thinking, what's on this schedule that I can go to that I'm not working? Wait a minute. I'm not working. You're not working at this convention. No, it was it was very tiny, and um, I like that. I don't know that we'll get there again, or at least if we do, not for a long time, because we'd have to have miles or some other. That's how we were able to go this time, was because you had miles that you needed to get spent before they expired. But it was nice to like go and see con people, and some of them were friends from Galley, and most of them were Midwestern people who we never see who may go to Galley but aren't like the people we hang out with at Galley. No. But- but Midwestern people are very friendly in a nice way. You know, they're not, I don't know if you've ever, if you've met a lot of Californians. They're pushy like your dog. I have met Californians and I know what you mean by pushy and what you mean by that stereotypical selfish Californian way of interacting. Mm-hmm. Because I remember when we first, our very first year at Galley, we met a couple of people who had been Californians and had moved away. And they, they were like offended that there was a California stereotype, but they were so totally the California stereotype. Right. Because we know other people in California at Galley that are not that stereotype. I met a lot of them in Northern California. Right. Southern California has a bit of a different stereotype, but they do have that same there's, there's, narcissistic. Yeah, thing that's the word I was thinking of narcissism that with, sort with, of just runs through all the social interactions. Yeah, not all of them. Like, like I said, there's some of our friends there that mm-hmm. don't, I never think of as Californians. Right. Yeah. Even the ones like the the one woman who was sitting next to me that worked at Disney, mm-hmm. you know, that's a very Californian thing. But you know, she wasn't like snotty Californian. Mm-mm. So anyway, it, it was it was interesting. I like Galley more mm-hmm. because it's bigger. Because there's more people. Because there are more things to do. Because I like lots of people. Well, I think. That little convention could have a lot more people, and it is not expensive, and people should go to it, because there's interactions you could have there so easily Mm -hmm. that are much more difficult at any other convention. Right. So, yeah. And some of those people are going to come to Galley, so we'll get to see them again. Yes. You really liked it. I did, but you know, I like less people than you. Exactly. I'm used to galley, so I'm okay with it, and I can go take a break in the hotel room. Uh Uh-huh. I didn't have to do that at this convention. You thought you might. I could take a break right there in a lobby or somewhere. LobbyCon was not packed. Mm -mm. LobbyCon was pretty sparse. They don't have the same kind of lobby. It's true. They have a LobbyCon. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. But... We went there and your old friends were very cool with you just being a dude. Yeah. It seemed pretty neat. Yeah, they were fine. And people at work are also okay with you just being a dude. Yeah. Yeah, they apparently they are. 
which is kind of wild sometimes. It is because once again, I've, I can see the difference. So, you know, there's, there's women at my work. There's a lot of women and there's women who don't know me before transition. They only know me right now. And those women are funny because they expect me to open the door and hold it or walk them to their cars if it's dark out. If you're both going out the door at the same time, they are pleased to have your presence walking to the cars. Well, yeah, they get nervous. It's dark out in the winter now. And the cars are in a garage that... A parking ramp. ...doesn't have very good lighting. Right. And it's downtown. <laughs> But I know that their fears are real because they live with those fears every day. Yes. I know that. Mm -hmm. So when they say, oh, good, you're going to the garage. Will you walk with me? Mm -hmm. I say, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Of course, I'll do that. That's so good of you. Yeah. You need to go move your car? I'll go with you. Certainly. I won't ride in your car. I'll just walk you to it and then I'll walk. Yes. Because that's how that works. Yes. Yeah. Unless they invite you to ride with them. No. And even if they do. I say, no, I can walk. Yeah. It's just back to the building. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. don't invite me. No. Only my work wife says, do you want me to drive you? That's funny. But my work wife also doesn't need me to provide that type of escort. She's not quite as nervous about a dark parking garage. Your work wife is much more adept at self-defense and situational awareness. Yes. And I think any guy watching her to take advantage of it would notice that and think, no, not that one. Yeah, that's that's a thing. I've actually read articles written by um, people who've interviewed perpetrators and said, you know, these are the things they actually do look for. They look for a certain posture. They look for a certain lack of awareness of the world around you looking at your phone or looking at a book or right. head in the clouds. She does none of those things. No. She looks around like, I'm ready for you. Yep. She had a lot of brothers. Yeah. I've so. always had that way of being. And I think that's why I haven't dealt with as much fear in those situations as a lot of people do, because I've always had that paying attention to the world around me. And also because I'm not of the body type that a lot of women, like I, I don't move through the world as a feminine person who is slight and dainty and nope, you know, there's no dainty going on here. <laughs> ain't no dainty. I got no dainty. And, you know, these are the kinds of things if they can see someone who is, you know, walking from their hips instead of from their shoulders, then they assume that that person is also going to have more feminine ways of interacting and be a girl about fighting back. And mm -hmm. yeah. Right. So that's good of you to do that. It's a good idea. Well, I think there's a lot of ways in which you're just a good guy that some guys will pay attention to the women around them and figure these things out, but a lot of them won't. And you know, because you've been there wrongly, yes. but nonetheless, you, you know these experiences and so you are attentive to them. I, I know what it feels like to be an identified target. Yes. And that's how they feel. You did have a smaller frame and would have been perceived as an easy mark for your slight frame and your small build. Yeah, but now I'm just some hairy guy and they don't want me, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, uh -huh. it is good. Yeah. But the other thing that happens 
you know, is that while all of these women recognize you as a safe guy and a good guy, they also see you as just a guy and therefore prone to typical masculine ineptitude. Yes, they do. Not all of them. Some of them have known me a little bit better because they work closely with me on a regular basis. Right. But But those who haven't. Like the lawyer you had to interact with this past week. Part of my job is to get uh, certain documents, certain places, you know, Mm -hmm. to the right people at the right time. As the mental health person, it's your job to gather things in the mental health realm if they're needed. For court and so forth. Yes. And... One of those documents wasn't where it needed to be because I didn't receive it. I received two of the same thing and not two different things that I needed. And the attorney couldn't open them because they were encrypted. Neither could I, but I sent a message back saying, hey, I can't get in there. And so they sent them to me in a way I could open them. Mm-hmm. And then I forwarded the document I had to the attorney and but- explained to her that they were both in both emails. They were the same document. And you were supposed to get two separate ones, but they sent you the same one twice. Right. And she was saying, hey, I still don't have the affidavit or whatever she needed. I don't have the second one. Where is it? And you say... I say I'm requesting it because they only sent us the one twice. Are you sure? (laughs) She sent me an email back saying, did you open both of them? (laughs) And I was like... Things like that. Yeah, I did. But I understand. (laughs) Exactly. Things like that I've gotten in the habit of sending screenshots preemptively. Because as the autistic queer, people also tend to discount my way of being in the world and my attention to detail, even though it's much more perceptive than theirs on occasion, on many occasions, in fact. I imagine. But they they still expect that quirky queer to not quite be paying attention. And so I, I've gotten in the habit of if I have to tell them that something is wrong, I provide the evidence up front instead of just telling them I show them. I would them. have been sending her the evidence of the same thing twice. There was no way to prove it was something different from the other email because once you open it, it's just the document. Yeah. And when it's not open, it just looks like an encrypted file. Yeah. There was no way to prove. That's a pain in the ass. Except to say, yes, I checked both of them and I have requested the correct document and here you go. Because when you're a man, people expect you to have some perception of unearned competency. Yes. And it's understandable. Because there are a lot of straight white guys who have a lot of unearned perception of competency. Absolutely correct. And most of them are completely unaware of it. They think they earned everything that they have. Oh, yeah. And so, of course, they expect you as just some straight white guy to also... Be screwing it all up. Yep. (laughs) And causing problems for them and thinking I'm doing it right. And they don't know what they're talking about. Yep. I know. I'm sorry, you know. (laughs) I mean, I'm not. I'm glad that you... I'm quite grateful, in fact, that you know. I, I, I'm I sympathetic with the fact that you have to know. You shouldn't... It's okay, really. Okay. They can't help that they have to deal with all those other guys. Thank you for not being like all those other guys. It's really not that hard. They just don't know that. <laughs> I think for some of them it might be, though. Like, if that's all you've ever known... And it's been kind of wild to me recently realizing just how many people never have to get that far outside of their own heads, whose theory of mind is so severely underdeveloped that they really cannot perceive the world from any viewpoint but their own. Do we not see this in the news every day? 
it's it's becoming increasingly clear just how much of a problem this is, but it's just so wild to me. Like I thought this was just a thing that everyone did, and I know that I did it more because that's how I learned how to human. Mm-hmm. But what the fuck? What the actual fuck? I'm just shrugging my shoulders. So I don't know. I don't know either. Anyway, I'm sorry. It's okay. One more rabbit trail. I was just thinking, because we've talked before about paying attention when someone is talking to you as a male paying attention to a female who's talking to me. And there's also that other balance of not paying too much attention to a female and making her uncomfortable. Yes. Because immediately she's going to wonder, like, why are you paying attention to me? And how weird are you going to get about it? Yes. Which I also know. And I was thinking of that because there's lots of competent women that I work with. And I see that distance they're trying to keep because guys get weird. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason when I like when we we're talking about the training I went to and I was listening to the person, I think the reason they are looking at me like, oh, you're still listening sometimes is that I'm looking at their face and not their boobs. So I am actually listening. <laughs> As far as I can tell. That's great. You know. That's totally great. But I was just thinking that because, um, you know, everyone walking around, especially on the same level of the building, like the same floor during the day, will say hi to each other. Yeah. Especially the first time you see someone that day. Right. And there's just a balance to that. Mm Mm-hmm. How long you can stand and talk to someone or go over to talk to somebody. We've talked about that before. Yeah. That kind of stuff. And some of that will also be predicated on like how you are presenting yourself that day. Like if you're wearing a suit as opposed to if you're wearing a polo and khakis, then it's going to give you different ways of interacting or other people will respond to your interactions differently. Mm -hmm. Yes. Although... Putting on a suit, you've had to, like you said, you've had to do things for court a few times recently, which generally requires a suit. But you said the other day, you're like, as long as I have a tie, nobody cares what the rest of it is. They don't. It's so wild. I started to get dressed the other day and I thought, nobody cares, just put a tie on. You know, as long as I'm comfortable, Mm -hmm. which I would have preferred not to be wearing trousers. I would have wanted jeans because it's winter. and Yeah. Mm. You know. Mm Mm-hmm. Not making ironing and laundry and so forth. Yeah. But it's going to happen on Wednesdays and sometimes Tuesdays during holidays. I'm sorry. Yeah, court. Court. But, you know, you, you get a pass on your attire when you're wearing a tie. And you well, all... we live in the West. If I live, if we lived in the East, that would not fly and I would have to wear a suit. You would, or at the very least, trousers and a sport coat, even if they weren't a matched suit. In court, it would be a suit. They don't mess around over there. We do whatever we want over here. That is true. The farther and especially- west you go, the more casual it gets. Like when you get to Hawaii, a clean t-shirt and flip-flops is fine. Well, yes and no. I mean, yes, Hawaii. But like when you get to the coast, you pick some of that formality back up, but nowhere near as much. Yeah. Here in the Intermountain West, it's cowboy folk. You could probably get away with those jeans if you were wearing a nice cowboy boots and the tie. I'd have to have the right belt buckle. You would have to have the right belt buckle. I don't, though. I only have regular And belts. you don't own cowboy boots either, do you? <laughs> I had some many years ago, and I, I wore them for... the When I first came to this part of the country, mm-hmm. my costume that year was as a local person. <laughs> And I had cowboy boots, Wranglers, and I had a stick-on mustache. That's totally great. Uh-huh. That is that is the local costume. It is. 
That is hilarious to me. Shirt. Kept yeah. it for a long time. That's wild. That Halloween box, but finally got rid of it, I think, the other year. Uh-huh. Nothing would is... fit me anymore because I'm a different size. Right. But but still, that's that's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yep. You've always worn costumes with mustaches. Almost always. I love it. I think that's totally awesome. Mm-hmm. And now your adulting costume has a mustache. Yes, it does. <laughs> but this one you don't have to put on and take off. I have to put wax on it, though. You do. Which you do. There, there was a guy in Chicago that when, when I was standing in line to, to register for our room. He also had he said, a shaped mustache. He did. He said, excuse me, sir. And I turned around. He said, I don't get to say this very often, but nice mustache. Because he also had a similarly shaped mustache. He did. He had a nice mustache. So. so that's great. Yeah. I saw him later when I was in line for photos and uh, I just pointed at him. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's great. That was funny. That's totally awesome. Yep. My adulting costume doesn't get to wear a mustache. I'm sorry. That would not be an adulting costume. I guess not. Not until one of these days I start microdosing testosterone to find that more in-betweeny body, but I don't see that coming anytime soon. Yeah. So overall, things are good, even if they are weird and different. Their they're overall right now is, I think, a net positive. It is overall good. As far as I'm concerned, transition is always like, it's excellent. It's superb. It's the most best you can get. The most best. The most best. I love that. Thank you. And with all these other weird, crazy shit happening around us and to us and at us and on top of us, and it, it, I, I can imagine... That all of that, just managing it would be so much harder without this one good, good, like genuinely good thing. Yes, because without it being a a genuinely good thing, it's a genuinely bad thing. We have enough of those. Yes. Oh, so. We do have some of those, including your naughty, terrible dog. Yeah, well. He finally quit pestering us now that we're almost done. Yes. (laughs) Is there anything else? I think that's it. We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less than complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening! Bob, you're not helping. He's offended by your comment. Your feelings are valid. Your actions are not. Clocks. Oh, yeah, clocks. I was counting down the seconds. That Only one, take actually. After each one. Only one, because the other one doesn't yeah, have a battery. Took the battery out, yeah. Trying to finish it off, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, for goodness sake. Trying again. Okay. Last week. Mm-hmm. Only some years ago. Mm-hmm. You can't and say that. You can say last week. Well, here's the thing. Yes. Am I bothering? Is it too loud? It, it is loud. Okay. It's your dog and I know. naughty. What should I do with him? Make him get down? Maybe. He's just going to keep moving He's, around. He is. Put your hand up where he can't ask for it and he'll just lay down. You are the worst good dog ever. 
I can put him down. No, he's all right. Okay. Even if you're in your and have gray hair. See, you there s- you go again. Just giving everybody my age. <laughs> <laughs> Ha 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 ha!